So today, I'm going to help you earn more post-flop pots with floats and probes. It's study time, y'all. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi. Let's get you learning and taking action. I'm really stoked about today's podcast because... As you know, I'm all about aggression and being the pre-flop raiser whenever it's possible, whenever it's positive EV to do so. But sometimes you just gotta make the call, right? Maybe your hand is good enough. Maybe you don't expect any three betters behind you. And you also know how to exploit your opponent post-flop, the one who open raised. You're calling them so that you can see them on the flop. So that's what I'm going to help you with today. Just imagine if you're able to earn more post-flop pots with some well-timed bets. If you can, you're going to increase your winnings and not even have to show down the winning hand. So that's what we're doing, floats and probes today. So of course... Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) Yep, whip out your poker journal and take some notes as you go through the episode. And to help you take notes... Go to the show notes page for today. You get a transcript of everything I talk about, screenshots, links. Everything is at smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 360. Okay, without further ado, let's do this. Gambate! It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! The number one reason players call preflop, it's because they have a hand that they want to see the flop with. They hope to flop a one-pair hand, two-pair trips, whatever it might be, or maybe they hope to get an open-ended straight draw or just a flush draw. But if that's the only reason that you call preflop, just with the idea, you know, in hopes of hitting something good, you are not playing every hand to its fullest potential. If we think about most calling hands, you only hit a pair or better, uh, plus some kind of a good draw, open-ended or flush draw, only about 35% of the time. And if you go to the show notes page for today, you're going to see two Flopzilla Pro screenshots there. The first one is going to show you 9-8 suited, and how often it hits top pair or better, open-ended straight draws or better, and flush draws. So can you guess right now how often it hits one of these hands? It's only 32% of the time. So what does that mean for the post-flop situation that you're going to be in when you call pre-flop with 9-8 suited? Well, if it hits 32% of the time, that means it misses 68% of the time. More than two out of every three hands. So that means that 68% of the time, you basically flop a worthless hand. So what do you do? Also on the show notes page, once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 360, there's another Flopzilla screenshot of a, uh, uh, of a tight range of just 14% calling range. This includes suited and offsuit broadways, 7-6 suited and better, and pocket pairs, jacks, down through deuces. Let me ask you another question. How often do you think this 14% range hits the top pair or better, or an open ender or a flush draw? Now this range, it only hits 31% of the time. So if you hit 31%, what does that mean? Yeah, you probably guessed it. It means that you miss 69% of the time, right? Once again, more than two out of every three flops that you see, you end up missing. 
So what are you going to do as the pre-flop caller when you miss the flop? Well, the idea is that you have to figure out how to win the pot from that pre-flop raiser. And two of my favorite plays for this are the float bets and probe bets. So I'm going to talk about floats and probes in just a minute. But I'm going to do more than just tell you when to use these plays. I'm going to help you get more proactive as a player. You're not just going to call in hopes of hitting flops. You're going to call knowing that you're likely going to miss, but you're going to have a backup plan now, baby. First up, let's get to the float bet. Now, a common definition, especially for live players of the float, that is uh, just calling on one street with the plan to bluff later. But I'm an online player and I use Poker Tracker 4. So my definition for float bet, it's taken from that program, Poker Tracker 4. The definition is uh, a float bet is an in-position bet when the preflop raiser checks instead of C-betting. Let me help you digest that with an example. Let's say the cutoff player open raised. You called with 9-8 suited on the button. The flop is 10-7 deuce. The raiser checks instead of C-betting and you take down the pot with an in-position float bet on the flop. So let me ask you a question. When should we make a float bet? The answer is most of the time. The pre-flop raiser showed weakness by checking to us. This is our time to shine! Normally, think about the open raiser's range, right? They are out of position, but they open raise and you just called. What would they do if they had pocket aces or pocket kings on the 10-7 deuce board? Yeah, they'd probably see bet, right? Their check is a really big sign of weakness, so we pounce on this weakness with a float bet. Now, the goal with making this bet is to get them to fold. Remember, you hold 9-8 on a 10-7 deuce, so you don't really have a value hand. You just have a draw right now. When you float on a flop like this, uh, it's not designed to build the pot, right? You instead want to end the hand right now before you even have to make a straight. Now, to end the hand right now, it basically means your bluff needs to succeed. Here are the reasons why the bluff is likely to succeed right here. Number one, he has a lot of hands that are going to fold. He has ace-x hands without a pair, broadways without a great draw, under pairs like pocket threes, and all other non-pair hands on the 10-7 deuce board. The second reason, maybe his fold to float stat is high at like 65%. So if that's the case, he's shown a tendency to already check fold instead of c-betting plenty of times in the past. And the third reason your float bluff is likely to work Well, you're in position, right? Before he checks and then calls you, he has to realize that he's going to be out of position on the next two streets, the turn and river as well. And that makes it a little bit more likely that he's going to fold right now so that he doesn't have to face your in position bets on later streets. So now I want to help you become a more proactive player. Remember that most calling hands and ranges, they miss the flop more than two thirds of the time. So before you call, Preflop. I want you to look at these two statistics in your opponent's HUD. If, of course, you have the smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4, you're going to find them both in the CBET pop up because they're related to a player's CBET tendencies. So, the two stats the first stat I want you to look at is their CBET percentage in position versus out of position. So, if their CBET is lower when out of position, that means they're more honest when out of position. Their check is an even greater sign of weakness. 
So a float bet is a really great play to plan for versus a, a an honest C better when out of position. So look for that C bet when out of position at 40% or less. The second stat you want to look at pre-flop before you even call is their fold to float bet by street. Now, the higher their fold to float bet is on the street that you're on, you know, pre-flop, you're concerned with the flop. On the flop, you're concerned with the turn. The higher it is, the more successful your bluff's going to be. So you want to look for anything over 50%. And of course, the higher, the better. If somebody folds to floats 80% of the time, yeah, it's a huge disservice to yourself if you don't float. And a two-thirds pot size bluff only needs to work 40% of the time. So if they're folding 50%, two-thirds will do the trick for sure. Now let's talk about probe bets. These uh, are basically the same as the float bet, except they're made from out of position. Now, Poker Tracker 4's definition of the probe bet is a probe bet is made out of position on the next street after the preflop raiser checks behind on the prior street. So let's flip the script on that prior example and let's put you out of position. So, same hand, you have 9 8 suited, you're in the big blind now. The cutoff player open raised, and you decided to call. So your head's up, to the flop, out of position with a 9-8. Now the flop is 10-7 deuce, same as before, and you decide to check. Then the cutoff open raiser checks behind instead of c-betting. So this is your opportunity once again, your time to shine. You pro-bet on the turn, and you take it down. So here's the question. When should you make a probe bet? The answer is most of the time. Pre-flop raisers with position, they normally c-bet for value with all their over pairs, and they would c-bet bluff with like over cards, you know, king jack on the 10 high board, that kind of thing. Uh, they would also c-bet any top pair hand or any even flush draw or any kind of straight draw as well, right? His in position check shows total weakness. You exploit this by betting on the next street. In this case, you really only have one thing going against you. It's the fact that you're out of position. But everything else lines up for a really good bluff here, especially given the fact that he did not see bet in position. Yeah, take that chance and uh, probe the turn. Now, once again, let me help you become a more proactive player. Before calling preflop with a 9-8 suited, you want to plan now before you call. Plan for missing the flop because you are going to miss it two-thirds of the time. So here are the two statistics in your opponent's smart HUD that you want to look at before calling. Number one is their c-bet flop and c-bet turn when they're in position. The reason why you want to look at both of these uh, stats is you want to see which street they're honest on. If they're very flop honest with a tiny c-bet of like 35%, you have a great chance of probing the turn. If they're very honest on the turn, then plan on probing the river. Now, if you're planning on probing the river, it is a little bit dangerous, and it does mean that you might have to make a loose flop call in order to see them check on the turn. Then you finally bet that river. Now, the second stat you want to look at before you call preflop is their fold to turn or fold to river probe. The higher their fold to probe bet is, the more likely it's going to succeed, of course. You want to look for anything over 50%, and the higher the better. And if you pair it with honesty on that prior street, so as a great example, somebody's c-bet 
on the flop when in position is only 30% and their fold to turn probe is 65%. This is awesome. Call this person all day pre-flop with the plan of checking the flop. When they check on the flop, when when they check behind on the flop, you probe that turn to, to earn that pot. Now I want to talk about playing draws aggressively. The two examples that we used today, uh, you were holding 9-8, the flop comes down 10-7 deuce, so you have an open-ended straight draw. It's the kind of hand that you want to flop sometimes when you call with that 9-8 preflop, right? So you flopped your open-ender. Are you just going to play your draw passively by checking after he checks or just calling all his bets? Or are you going to try to use aggression and bluff him off the hand right now so you don't even have to hit your draw? So if he checks to you on this flop, I don't care if you have a draw, you can check behind and see a free turn card, right? I really recommend making a float bet almost 100% of the time. He's going to fold very often because of all the things that we discussed, right? His check is a sign of weakness. If he had an overpair, he would have bet. He's out of position, all that stuff. If you float and he ends up calling you, that's really not all that bad. Sure, your bluff didn't work right now, but remember, you got the straight draw. You might hit your straight on the turn. And if you don't, you can check behind and see a free river. Or if you don't hit the turn and the turn comes some kind of a scare card or an undercard, maybe you can double barrel and bluff him off the hand because you have position on that turn. Now, the same kind of thing applies with a pro bet on the turn. If a 10 or lower comes on the turn, remember the, the board was a 10-7 deuce, you got the 9-8 open ender. If a 10 or lower comes, make that pro bet. If he calls, you might still complete your draw on the river. Now, I want to help you study your float and probe situations and opportunities. There are four poker tracker filters that you can run, and they're all under the actions and opportunities uh, filtering options right there in Poker Tracker 4. And if you go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 360, there's a video of how I run these filters and study my floating and probing and opportunity to float and probe hands. The first filter you can run to analyze some of your float bets that you've made is simply float on the flop. The second filter is it's a pre-flop, I'm sorry, it's a flop opportunity, the opportunity to float the flop, but add to it, you did not make a float bet. This is going to show you all of the hands where you chose not to float, but you had the opportunity to. What you want to do is review these hands and find instances where you should have floated. If you would have floated, he probably would have folded because those are mistaken, uh, 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 missed opportunities. Now, the third filter I want you to run is probe on the turn, nice and simple, and then review some of those probes, maybe some of your failed probes, some of your uh, successful probes. Were those actually good probe bets to make once your opponent checked on on the flop? Now, the fourth and final filter I like to run is the opportunity to probe on the turn and add to it, you did not make the probe bet. So this is going to show all those spots where you had the opportunity, but you failed to probe. Now, what I like to do is I like to uh, review five hands from each of these filters. I like to see if five of my float bets were good, five of my probes were good. And then I go through and review five opportunities to float and opportunities to probe. And I try to find my mistakes, right? Did I make good, successful plays at the right time? Did I make some bad attempts at the probes and floats? Did I miss great opportunities to probe and to float to get my opponent to fold? 
What I'll do is write down my mistakes in my poker journal. Then I can work to not repeat them in my next play session. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. In your next session, before every pre-flop call, plan for missing the flop. Look at your opponent's CBET-related stats to see if they're susceptible to floats and probes. And if so, go ahead and call right now with the plan to bluff them when they show weakness by checking. And also, spend a session reviewing some floats and probes and the opportunities to float and probe where you failed to make those plays. Find your mistakes, take note of them, and then resolve to not repeat those mistakes in the future. Now it's your turn to take action and shabba-dabba-do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Go write a book. Quick shout out to all the awesome poker peeps who purchased my Smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud. They got the best HUD in the business. Now they have the opportunity to float and probe those susceptible players. So I got to thank Jens, Charlotte Pierre, Eric Green, Brian Anderson, Corey Scott, Daniel, Richard from the Netherlands, Kevin Lilly, Chris Phoenix, Jim Bourne, Wilfredo Cartagena, Jillian Benbarek, Chad Cheadle, Richard Pop, Dave Neal, William Dalton, Travis Uyeno, Jean-Charles Morisot, Islanik, and James Woolnow. Thank you all so very much. You went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud. You checked out how good this HUD is. You realized how you needed to exploit your opponents to the max, and you made the purchase. Thank you very much, and thanks to everyone else who purchases in the future. Alrighty, your learning isn't complete until you visit the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod360. You get the transcript to the today's episode, the screenshots, the links I discussed, and that video that shows you how to run those filters in Poker Tracker 4. Also, tomorrow, Saturday the 16th at 2 p.m. Pacific time is my monthly $75 guaranteed tournament. It's called the Smart Poker Study $75 guaranteed. It's on America's Card Room um, within the Tourney Private tab. It's a 3.30 buy-in re-entry tournament with 40-minute late reg and 8-minute levels. The password, all lowercase, one word, Smart Poker Study. Smart Poker Study is the password. So go to smartpokerstudy.com slash tournament for more information. And if you want to exploit your opponents to the max, get the Smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4. smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.